I don't really look at wealth that way. I look at wealth from a standpoint of like, do I feel comfort? Like, do I actually have comfort in the funds that I actually make? Right. I've had great conversations with people make, you know, $40,000 a year. And they're sitting there like, man, I am, I'm, I'm jacked. Like, I'm super stoked to make 40 grand. If you're looking to leave the nine to five and to elevate your side hustle, the Hustle the Day podcast is the podcast for you. Your host, Trent Bray, left the nine to five grind behind and is helping others do the same and focus on the future. Hear from others who have done it and how they did it. Jump in as we talk entrepreneurship, mindset, and strategy. Just take it one day at a time and hustle the day. On this episode of the Hustle the Day podcast, I have John Wagner on the show. John is a wealth advisor, financial services advisor. He's been called many different things, but the main thing he has been described as is a disruptor in his industry. Super interesting story. Lots of great content. Let's jump into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle of the Day podcast. My name is Trent. Super excited to have John Wagner here on the podcast today. John, why don't you jump in? Tell my audience a little bit about yourself. Trent, just wanted to say thanks for having me on the podcast, first and foremost. Um, so I, I think we kind of started the conversation regarding, like, you know, we, we had a quick little meeting, talked about our drive, our ambitions, like kind of like what motivates us. And uh, as I look down on my right arm, I see a, I see a sign that says work works. And uh, I think we kind of just bonded over the word hustle. Um, and then when you start talking to me about the podcast and, you know, I never really thought about the word hustle uh, in such a positive, positive manner before. But like, you know, I always looked at it as like work works, the drive, the grind, all these other things that we, we throw out there as far as words that motivate us. And uh, I think it just got this kind of up and running, man. So I'm excited to be here, dude. I appreciate it. So tell my audience a little bit about what you do and, um, you know, we'll get, jump into some of the stories behind that. I'm primarily focused on kind of disrupting the industry in a whole. So I, I've been, I've been called many different things, uh, everything from insurance guy to wealth management, wealth management guy to, you know, there's always a guy at the end of it, but, um, I think everyone kind of depicts who they have as far as their managing their funds, managing their finances, like managing their savings. Um, so currently I would be considered a wealth manager and I like to kind of have the idea of doesn't really matter if your wealth is you know, five bucks or, or, or five million, it needs to be managed. It needs to be guided. It needs to, you need to have a person more than anything that you trust uh, as far as who does that. So I kind of break the stereotype from that standpoint. Um, I look at things from a little bit different lens. Uh, I much rather put the the focus on, on the individual rather than just kind of a cookie cutter approach to things. So that's what I do currently. Um, it's not a nine to five for me. Uh, I remember in the days in which I first started this, people used to, you know, bust my chops, Trent, and sit there and say like, "Hey, uh, how's that? How's that? How's that banker hours for you?" And I'm like, "I've never had banker's hours. I've never known what it's like to do nine to five work. Um, you know, typically it's it's early in the morning, it's late at night. It, it's it's sacrificing, and to to use your word, it's hustle. And uh, I enjoy it, man. It's it's not work for me. It's not work for me. It's joy when I actually see see the fulfillment come from people that I work with." That's awesome. Yeah, it's you mentioned we bonded over the word hustle, but really what I think we bonded over is the fact of the hat and the beard. Granted, yours both look more stylish than mine, but you know that that's that's where it all came down to is is the hat and the beard. You know, you're downplaying the fact of the the 9 to 5 a little bit. You technically do have a job, but you are a partner at your firm and I know you have some big ambitions. Uh, coming up for the future, can are there? Can you speak to some of those ambitions that you have? Yeah. So, you know, when you get into the industry, there's always a there's, there's always a level of hierarchy, uh, no matter where you are. And I think the more you want to kind of go out on your own, the more there is a um, more there's an ideology that actually has to be present. And I think it took me years to kind of figure out, well, well, what's my ideology? What's my thought process behind this? Um, so, you know, while I'm, you know, while I'm vice president and you know partner and like trying to like figure out, you know, navigate the situation I'm currently in, 
um, I had this vision, I would say probably about two years ago where the word limitless kind of like just spoke to me and, um, it kind of came from at the time, my wife and I were in a situation where we were kind of looking at it from a crabs in the bucket. And I know, you know, we all know who, who coined that phrase. Um, but Andy Frisella kind of had this great podcast that, that talked about crabs in the bucket and, and, and people kind of holding you down. And so I had this kind of epiphany that in order for me to kind of break the status quo as to, you know, I'm not downplaying anyone either too. Like this, th- 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 there's uh to use the phrase and apologize for, for the phrase, but there's an ask for every seat, right? Trent. So like, you know, there's certain people who are going to fit the mold of like, you know, the suit and tie and the, and the, and the person who likes that kind of advisor. Uh, that's not me. It never has been. Um, so where the word limitless comes from is living, living life's life without limits. And I think when I started asking the question to, to existing clients and, and potential clients, uh, the question always was posed, well, how many people do you know who are rich, right? And we think of rich from a standpoint of, oh, well, you know, they drive a fancy car, they have a beautiful house, and, you know, they have, you know, they're maxing out their 401k. Like, there's certain definitions everyone has as to, like, you know, building wealth. When I started to break it down, I'm like, well, I don't really look at wealth that way. I look at wealth from a standpoint of like, do I feel comfort? Like, do I actually have comfort in the funds that I actually make? Right. I've had great conversations with people make, you know, $40,000 a year. And they're sitting there like, man, I am, I'm, I'm jacked. Like, I'm super stoked to make 40 grand. And I'm, I'm like, they're finding reasons from a biblical standpoint. And I don't know if we want to get into that, but I look from a biblical standpoint, it says that we're supposed to give to other people. So we're limitless encompasses is whatever your goal in the future is, we should try to figure out a way to make that happen. It shouldn't be order taken. It shouldn't be cookie cutter plans. It shouldn't be a situation of like, well, hey, when you retire, you're going to have X amount of dollars to live off of. I'm like, that sucks. I'd much rather have a situation where like, how about today I have a lot of money I can live off of? And how about like going forward, I can actually grow that wealth and like, and and disperse that to future generations. Um, So yeah, that's why like for me, I know for myself in order to break the status quo and to like, you know, we use this term, you know, disrupt the industry. Like what the heck does that even mean? Right. Well, I think from disrupting the industry, it's, I have a vision that I would really like for no one, no one to be in my position going forward. Like, why do we even need me? We shouldn't. It should be a situation of, we are all educated enough. We know the values. We know how to build wealth. We know from the from the ancestor, like the, like the ancestry of finance. Um, how do we step away from the norm? How do we step away from what has actually been written by people who who just don't want to tell us the secrets, right? So if like if, if the de- if the carrot's hanging over here, and then dangling this carrot over there for you, but it's just going to continuously lock you in purgatory financially there's no way to break it, man. So that's where, that's where limitless financial group comes in. That's where we're looking at from a standpoint of, and I said it to you, I mean it 30 years from now, I'll be in my seventies. Be a great goal to sit there and say to my son, like, Hey bud, you can't come work for me because there's no job left. Like everyone gets it. Like, let's figure something else out. That would be, that'd be a great solution to have. Wow. Yeah, that is definitely disrupting what the typical model is because it's all about getting people in and kind of locking them in and you're the expert. Let me handle it. Hands off kind of approach. So that, that is definitely a complete 180. And I admire you for doing that so that everybody has access to those sort of things. It scares, it scares the bejesus out of people who do this though, because it's this narrative trend that well, I'm the expert and I am in a sense, right? Like I've studied, I put in my time, I put in all the hours and, um, you know, I, I know the resources and that's great and all, but it needs to pertain to the individual. And I think that's what's, that's what's missing in this, in, in this hierarchy is that we don't know the rules we're playing by. And, and, and if you've ever played a sport before, and if you go out there with your, with, with your basketball, your football, whatever the case may be, right. And, and someone is sitting there saying, oh, no, 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 today there's new rules and we're going to play this way and you're not used to it. Guess what? You're at a disadvantage. And I think that's what the financial system is is, is completely based around 
is that, no, nope, guess what? We're going to change the rules today or this year or, or whatever the tax codes are. And, you know, whether you're a business owner or, 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 or a husband and wife trying to figure things out, holy moly, like you are at such a disadvantage to try to figure out, figure it out. Because on top of it, you're working your nine to five, you're doing your side hustle, you're trying to build wealth. And by the time you get to your fifties, you're like, man, I, I think I finally figured this out. Right. And they change it on you like that. So uh, I make a lot of people nervous and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being a target. Um, Cause the people I work with, they seem to like it and that's all that really matters. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that is great that um, you're comfortable being uncomfortable in that situation because, like you said, when when you try and disrupt things, you've got a target on your back. And one thing that I, I want to ask you about being a disruptor, changing things up, you're you're doing that within your industry. Is that a precursor for success, or do you just kind of have to disrupt your own life? Oh, for sure. Like you have to embody this, man. Like this can't be something where now you can't clock Kent this, right? You can't sit there one day and like, you know, <laughs> you, you have to embody it with everything you're doing. Um, and, you know, we use the term alienating people. Um, yeah. Like from, from a personal level, all the way up to a business level, like you're gonna, you gotta take people off. Like, because getting back to the whole crabs in the bucket theory, like, if you guys don't know what that means, please like you know, let, ask somebody, right? But to just kind of nutshell it, if you ever seen crabs in a bucket, no one actually gets out, right? So you think about you got a bunch of crabs in a bucket and they're all striving to get to the top. And when the, someone gets to the top, they pull back in. And I've dealt with that from a from a from a spiritual level to a business level, and even on a personal level. Um, so yeah, you gotta you gotta embody it, and I think for me, um, the frustration regarding um, you know current current lifestyle and and like wanting more, like wanting more and striving for more. Um, yeah, we've been told, you know, my wife and I have been told like like hey, you know, there's a level of success that you can actually attain like at certain stages. And that never just that just never made sense to me. Um, why do I have to wait till I'm x years old in order to enjoy a nice car or x years old in order to have a house that like no one else could ever achieve um and i'm not saying this from a from a from a from an arrogant standpoint i'm saying this for like we should want other people to succeed so when we started to achieve these things trying it, it started to turn people from a from a perspective looking at us like well, what's different and I like that question. Like, what's different with this individual to have them strive? And, and from a positive standpoint, I've actually brought other people into my circle that uh, that have helped me with that. Like, you know, the more you, the more you start to change the narrative around you, right? From going from like, you know, youngest of five, uh, father was a cop, uh, didn't really know what true wealth was because we, you know, we didn't like trying to trying to figure that out. And I applaud my parents for working their tail off to kind of figure that out. To now, like we, I call it a generational leap. So as you make a generational leap forward, it's how far do you want to actually do that leap, right? How far do you actually want to take it from, hey, this is what all my buddies know, right? And, and every Bruce Springsteen song talks about the glory days, right? Um, I'm looking at it from a standpoint of like, I never want to talk about the glory days. I want to talk about the present days because the present days are pretty damn cool. So like if I'm looking at the present days from a standpoint of like, hey, let's have conversations to move the needle forward then you're always improving, you're always striving, and you're making that generational leap where you can look back at your children and, and, and your children's children and sit there and say, hey, you know, my dad, my grandpa, my great-grandpa did this in order for us to get to the point where we're here now. And and that's, that. yeah, that, that makes people uncomfortable because there, there are things such as, Nothing wrong with these things, but there are things such as like, you know, you know, pensions and 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 union jobs and and all these other things that while they have their place. And I grew up in that, I grew up in that that kind of um household, right? Where, you know, security, like that's the word that we're all striving for. Is that this 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 need for security in that everything's gonna be okay. Well, 
there came a time when I was like, hey, I have quote unquote security trying. Like I have quote unquote security in my job. But that sucks. It really does because now it's like, well, now I'm I'm what what next? What what's the next hurdle for me to like jump over? What's the next challenge for me to overcome? So I had to put some of those in my own way uh, to do that. Yeah, you you brought some, uh, something up that I think is so important of the the idea of security. Um, I actually just recently read a book by a podcast guest, Jimmy Rex, called "You End Up Where You're Heading: The Hidden Dangers of Living a Safe Life." Hmm. And he talks, you yeah. know, about <clears throat> some of those securities and how they're they're really falsehoods, but. Um, I was, I've also been reading a, a book by Joe Paluzzi that actually says the exact same thing of you know, what the traditional nine to five job can be ripped out from you at any point in time. And it's the furthest thing from security. Oh, it happened to me. It, it absolutely happened to me. Like my wife and I uh, just, just bought a house and we're recently married. I think we were married for maybe a year and boom, gone. Like, quote unquote, good paying job, secure, secure situation. Um, and then it was gone, like in a flash. And I remember sitting in the parking lot, crying on the phone with my wife and they're saying like, what are we going to do? And, you know, I get, I get the facts mixed up every now and then too. Like I, I know my wife's really good at reminding me of the facts. And I think I went into like a mild depression at that point and trying to figure out like, Hey, you know, what the heck are we going to do here? But like, I got off my ass and I got like, I got jobs, man. Um, I got jobs. I mean, I think I was, I was a bouncer. I was a bouncer at a bowling alley. Um, I really did too much at a bowling alley. I mean, the kids with the, like the 10 pound balls, like they're scary. You watch out for them. But like, you know, you had, yeah, yeah, that, um, I unloaded boxes for UPS. I waited tables and I think I worked nights at a gym, uh, like making sure people going in there were like, we're actually working out. Those are stories for another time. But like, yeah, I mean, I got like jobs, right? Because my safety was gone, but I also had a responsibility to provide for at that point just my wife, right? So, talk about hustle. That woman hustled. Holy cow, did she hustle! So, <clears throat> I remember the time I got an offer to work for an insurance agency way back then, and um, I, but I need to study. I need to study for all my exams, right? So, I never in my life actually took unemployment. I never, never knew how the process worked. And I remember going to unemployment office, walking in there, talking to the guy, and he's like, but you worked. I'm like, yeah, but like I made X amount of dollars here. <clears throat> you know, it took some time off, you know, got my stuff together. I, I took side jobs and like I've done everything. He's like, yeah, so you made an income. I'm like, yeah, but it's not even close to what I was. He's like, actually, no, like it seems like you're on pace for a little bit more than what you know. I didn't see it. I didn't see the more, right? I saw the stress because like we had, we had time where I wasn't working. Right. So we were just playing this catch up game, but from we go back to this financial system from the financial system standpoint, I asked them this. I said, so wait a second, it would have been better off if I sat on my ass, collected unemployment, didn't do jack shit. And then in six months came to you and sit there and said, now can I have unemployment? Or, or I should say within six days said, now I can have unemployment. I go, I would have been making I, I would have been making it like a fair wage at that point. How does that actually encourage me for more? So his response to me was like, yeah, that's what you should have done. So when I got that news, I kind of came back. I went to my wife and I said, all right, I need to pass these tests ASAP. So I went out after it, passed my tests, got, got in there. I didn't know what I was doing um, at all in the industry from, from, from that standpoint, but it just shocked me. It shocked me from this, from this, I never want to be comfort, comfortable again. Uh, not like that, I should say. I never want to be, I, I, always, I want to be comfort. We all strive for comfort and wealth, but um, I never wanted someone else to dictate whether or not I actually can make, an, make a living for my family. That's something that, uh, it, it, that, that died that day. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. That's a really interesting story and really interesting, you know, perspective on that of, you know, what maybe you would have been, better off to sit around and just take unemployment. And that's, that's where the system is. And that's how it gets people into that system. But I love that your mindset of not going for that and, you know, trying to jump into this insurance thing as soon as possible and, 
you know what you the mindset side of thing comes up in your story a couple of times you know we you mentioned before we got on a call earlier uh last week and that's what kind of prompted us getting together to do this podcast and you had a really interesting story about how you changed your mindset buckled down changed your life can you speak to that story a little bit mindset is huge um you know, being someone who I'm, I'm an open book, man. And for my whole entire life, I've been told to either shut up or, um, you know, don't really, you know, you know, you know, you know, sand down your edges. You're a little rough. You're arrogant. You're pompous. You're cocky. You're, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. Like everything, everything that could possibly be negative towards another individual. I've heard it. Uh, and furthermore, um, I don't know what year it was, but it came, became really popular to be a victim. And I think, I think that really kind of pissed me off. I mean, I think it was, um, you know, anger was my go-to, right? Like, you know, those of us who have been victims of any kind of stuff in the past. And I, and, and I think I've had this conversation with you, like we all can play the victim card. Like it doesn't even matter how drastic the the victimness is or, or, or the crime being committed to cause you to be a victim. Um, we all would dealt a deck of cards that, um, that sucks, like all of us, like, and at some point I kind of created the mindset of like, well, screw it. Like throw out the deck of cards, man, like completely throw out the deck of cards and, and, and get yourself a new playing field. Um, so <laughs> you know the story, but I'll try to try to snapshot this. I went to this, like, um weekend conference where they crack you open like a walnut and on sunday they sit there and say hey you're good to go go right back in the world and it's like <laughs> yeah that never works um not this one anyways so i went back in the world and uh quote unquote changed individual and it really damaged my psyche uh opened up a lot of things that i really wasn't ready to deal with at all and um when that happened I think I was at the tipping point to either succumb to everything else that is just kind of normal behavior, meaning like from a physical standpoint, like dad bod, um, packing it in, like not really kind of trying to strive uh, going forward. And then also from a financial standpoint, it was like, well, I'm doing okay. Um, and okay sucks, man. Okay sucks. Uh, it's like the worst two letters in the, in the English language. Um, so I had a great conversation with my wife, um, had a great conversation with my wife. And I said, listen, like we need to change things, um, in all, all walks in all areas of our life. We need to actually buckle down and like start kicking some ass. So doesn't mean it was easy. Um, we went at it. We, we started embodying what it meant to be limitless, started putting out goals. And, you know, she started sending me like, you know, things on Zillow, like, what about this house? What about this house? Cause I won't get into that house at the time, but um, they needed work. It, it wasn't conducive to what lifestyle we really wanted. Uh, financially, we weren't where we wanted. So I needed to do something that uh, not a lot of people like to do. And I had to go work, man. I had to go work and late nights, early mornings, time away from the family. I think I looked at it at one point and I think this started in like June of 2019. May of June was around that time. And um, I just fully, fully decided to commit myself to crushing it and went to work, busted ass and met with every single person I could, like fully embodied what it was meant to be authentic in the conversations that I was having with people. Uh, and there was frustration all around, right? Because you, you, you're looking at it from a standpoint of like, you can't go from zero to 60 and, and um, when you're driving a piece of shit car, you, you really can't. And that was, my, that was my body, right? My body was that POS car, excuse my friend. My body was that POS car. It was not built. It was like, it's like I was trying to put diesel into my, into my engine. It, it just wasn't working. It wasn't used to it. Uh, to use a different analogy, it was like trying to put jet fuel into, into, into this thing because that's what I was trying to, it, it was revolting against itself, right? Because um, everyone around me was like, "What are you doing? Like, what what is your what is your play here? Like, what what are you trying to prove?" And I'm like, "I'm trying to prove this to myself." 
first, right? I'm trying to prove that I actually, I, I can actually be different. Um, so we did, we, we, we buckled down and, and we kicked some ass and we got a house within six months that, um, I love that house, but the house is just a house unless until it's a home. And we moved in, moved in right in 2020. And, um, we didn't know how we were going to do the next step. And, and the next step was we had, we had to still finish the house that we had for 10 years. That was, um, Oh my God, man, that thing needed to work. So people only look at the target for the target's sake. We had multiple targets. We had to actually aim at and achieve. We had to get the new house. We had to get enough money for the house. We had to, um, I remember on, on Christmas day, I was in the office at no, sorry. Uh, the day after Christmas, I was in the office at nighttime, making sure things got done for us to have enough money for the down payment. And I remember walking into the open house and they're saying like full offer, 30 day close, bada, 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 everything's done. And then leaving there, looking at my wife, I'm like, I have no idea how this is going to happen. <laughs> and we did. We did. And we closed on that house. And the day we closed, we moved in. I think the next day I was at the old house fixing it up while still working this. And I think people ask the question all the time, or I, I get this from people all the time. They're like, oh, I'm busy. <laughs> please tell me how busy you are. <laughs> like, like, please explain to me what it's like to, to embody busyness when when you put it all on the table, things, good things happen. I know this is a long answer to the question, but the mindset comes down to like, you will quit. Your mind will quit way before your body does. And I think consistently stretching your limits, like what else can I do? How much more can I do? Uh, wait, am I dead yet? Nope. I'm not dead yet. Am I, wait, am I dead yet now? Nope. I'm not dead yet. So if you're not dead, move. Like that's what our bodies are made to do. <clears throat> that's what we're on this earth to do is to strive for greatness. And, and I embody that mindset. I embody that limitless mindset of like, we moved into that house trend and people were like, oh, you guys have made it. And my wife looked at each other and we we're like, now this is, this is really nice, but we, we're not even, we haven't even scratched the surface yet. And I think that's encouraging for a lot of people who embody that same mindset. Yeah, that is awesome. I love that story. And you know what, that that's truly inspirational. I like that you kind of hit the nail on the head there of stretching yourself. A lot of people nowadays, and I think it relates back to that victim mentality, they don't stretch themselves. They, they just shrink in rather. And so by you stretching yourself, you accomplish something that you didn't think you, or you didn't have a plan in place to make it happen, but you, you still made it happen. Somebody that I don't always resonate with, but uh, I was just recently reading some of Grant Cardone's material. And, you know, he talks about 10 xing your goal because you are capable of more than you really think you are because we, we put these limits in our mind and our mind, like you said, quits way before uh, to quote, you know, David Goggins, he talks about your body when you're, when you feel like quitting, you're at 40% of what your body's capable of doing. There's this two, there's two funny stories about this. There's like, you know, if you haven't seen it, like, you know, I like to consider myself a Christian guy. So there's Christian movies that doesn't matter how bad the plot is. I watch it. I cry at the end. It's like, you know, I'm like, I'm like a puppy when it comes to that. Um, but there's a great Christian movie with this that we're seeing where this, this young man is uh, blindfolded and he's got to, he's got to crawl the length of the field and he can't, he doesn't even think he can get 10 yards. He ends up going the whole football field. And like when, when you do do that, when you close your eyes from a standpoint of when you don't know where the target is, sometimes that's okay. For us, we didn't know where that it was a moving target. And we had seen houses before that like slipped away from us. And, and I remember having horrible conversations, like great conversations with my wife, but like it felt horrible at the time because I, I could not provide. That's what I felt, right? That's what the narrative was. Like I couldn't get this. And then, and then I did, and we did, and this is not to be lost on, on people listening to this podcast. This isn't a me thing, by the way, I want to make it really clear to those who are listening. This is not a you thing and it's not an individual thing. It's a team effort. So without me trying to get choked up on this, 
there are so many people who went into me getting to this point. And I have a phrase and a saying that we've all seen the post, like behind every strong man, right, is, is, a, is a stronger woman. And I say BS to that. There's no woman behind me. She's right by the side. And she's right there. And at times, uh, God bless her soul, it's, it's dragging me to where we need to go. Because I was that individual who quit on the dream or quit on the goal. Um, so I think there's, there's such a strength in knowing who that partner is moving forward. And, you know, in that scene on that football field, that young man needed a coach. He needed a mentor. He needed someone to actually like bring him through that. And I remember a quick silly story is during this whole COVID thing that we're under. Um, I remember I had to drop my wife's car off to get worked on, right? And we drive off the car at like 9, 9.30 at night. And I put the keys in the drop box, thinking nothing of the fact that I could actually call for an Uber, right? I go on my Uber app. There's not a car within like 250 miles. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. There's no one else to call either, right? Because, you know, everyone's, everyone's pretty much asleep. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I call my wife. And I'm like, looks like I'm walking home. And it was a train. It was like almost nine miles. This is dead of summer. And, you know, me being me, I'm in my flip flops and shorts. <laughs> so I, um, I I call my wife. I had my, I had my earbuds in. And I said to her, I'm like, I'm just going to try to figure this out. I'm going to figure this walk out. So I started walking and I'm like, honey, this is going to take me 20 hours to walk this, this far. Right. And I just kind of like, you know, some of us know the 75 hard program. I just kind of got into this, this program. So I just started jogging. And before I knew it, I had run like almost nine miles barefoot. And I, I, I think about that because I think about the fact that like the whole time I was on the call, my wife was right there on the call with me encouraging me, getting me through and uh, wouldn't hang up the phone. And even, even when I'm sitting there telling her like, babe, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. She's on the call. Will let me uh, off the phone call. And um, yeah, one foot in front of the other. We hear this story about people all the time where it's like, you don't know what the hell you're doing. You got to go though. You can't just say, stay stagnant. You have to move. And before I knew it, um, you know, I tell this story rarely to people, but, they're all like, oh, you, your feet must have been cut up and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, nah, I think the next day I got up, I worked out still. I still did my two workouts. I was fine. And it was mindset, 100% mindset. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, I, f- I forget his name. Chad Wright, I believe it is. Uh, yeah. It was recently yeah. Yeah. on uh, Andy Frizzella's p- podcast. Um, and he talks about you know, some of the SEAL training, one of the things that really trips people up is a run on the beach. Like yeah, just yeah. this easy, you know, the, the problem was they were, weren't told when they had to stop. Right. And so they had no idea of what or how long they were going to run. So they just quit on it. And, you know, he talks about just, you got to put one foot in front of the other and that's all you can focus on. And sure enough, you'll get there. We, we did this one time in football and I'm no, fo- I'm not a football player. I like to pretend I was right. But like, you know, I was the smallest kid in, in high school up until like God decided to give me seven inches. Boom. And like next year I went from five, four to five eleven, like in a snap. Um, but I remember, I remember freshman year, like, we had to do up downs, like we call it up downs, right? So I remember people like dropping, and I just remember I just need to do one more up down, just need to do one more up down, just need to do one more up down, to the point where the coach looked at me and said, "Wags, we're done, like we're done." And I I ended up doing, I forget the number, but it was something crazy. We lost by a lot, so we had to do all <laughs> we had to do all those up downs and just do it. I mean, just continue to go and strive for th- strive for perfection one one up down one foot at a time yeah that that's very cool so you talked about you know getting this great house and we talked before about how you were able to get your wife or dream car and all these things <laughs> how is it that you keep leveling up after you get to these accomplishments 
It's a good question, but I think it's pretty important to realize these things are just objects, man. They really are. And I think people, I think people will hear, will hear stories from other people and like, Hey, I got this dream house or I got this car or I got this or I got that thing. And like, I think what's kind of super cool is that, um, my wife's like nice car, quote unquote, um, still modest, still humble to the core. Right. Same, like same thing with me. Um, at least I try. <laughs> we all fail. We all fall on our face when it comes to being humble sometimes. But to answer the question, I want to impact lives, man. You can't impact lives unless you're impacting your own. So, you know, There's an old joke, right? Don't take advice from a stockbroker because, you know, the word broker is in their name. You know, follow me. Like, it's a really bad joke. My jokes are never good. But it's like, I'd rather people look at what I've accomplished or what I am striving for and trying to accomplish, right? And not from the I, not from the, the itemized look at it, right? Like, John got a great house. John got this. Like, because someone, someone might look at my house trend and be like, that's nice, right? With a with a, kind of like that, you know, dog side view. To me, it's awesome, but I want more. And the reason why I want more is to give back, right? To actually provide for other people. So I know that God gave me this talent to to help people. But it, hopefully, it's just one of many, right? To sit there and be like to give back, to give back to other people, to lend, to bring them up there. So I have to strive for other things, right? So if, if God decides to sit there and and, and, and give me um, talent and, and the, the knowledge and, and, and the drive to do other things, then the re- what I say to my son all the time, right? We talk about God all the time. He sits there and says to me, and I'll say to him like, you know, hey, buddy, why do you think, you know, why do you think I work so hard? Five-year-old answer is perfect, right? So we can get more toys, right? I'm like, yes, <laughs> so we can get more toys. But like, but why? Why do you think so? And, and I explained to him, like, because we need to get back, man. Like, if, if you if you're someone who's killing it in life, right? You know, are you being are you being philanthropic? Are you are you in, in my endeavor? Like, I never had enough money to give to other people. I really didn't. So now I look at it from a standpoint of like, well, I want to do that. I want to give to other people. I want to be able to to give my time, right? Time is the most precious, precious resource we have. So if I can mentor other people, if I can, if I can, to use your word, level up, right? Well, guess what? I need to, I need to aim for, you know, another house, another property, right? You know, vacation homes and, and, and to do all these things, because if, if some, if some schmuck from a small town in Massachusetts, um, I didn't have a silver spoon growing up. I didn't even go to school for photography. I went to school for photography and printmaking. So what the hell am I doing doing this, right? You know, I didn't have a finance background. Hell, I didn't even have this job until like 10 years ago. So like, so like I didn't start with the traditional path. Um, but if I can do it, if I can figure it out, and, and I can, and if I can continue to move forward in, the, in, in my path to success and more success and more success, more success it needs to trickle down to other people so that's the drive man that's the that's the 100 drive is that i know i'm impacting my wife's life and vice versa and i know that i'm impacting my son's life and he's impacting mine right so he's changing my life on the daily basis so then we have a responsibility to the future generations into the existing generations to to change them to drive to change them and to get them to to strive for for better things for them and I think this culture that we have in right now is, is very much a culture of you suck, I suck, we all suck, and it's okay to suck. And that just plain sucks to use that word a few times. Why can't we actually look at the other person and say, hey, um, you're different, I'm different, fine, right? Let's just cross that bridge. We're fine. All right, great. Now it's like, well, what do you want? Like, what do you want to achieve? And then then, then help them freaking achieve it instead of it being a situation where you're like, nope, that's stupid. Don't do that. Or, hey, you know what? You want to flip houses? Mm, that's scary. How about being like, wow, tell me how invigorating that is to when you actually do it. Like this mindset, like, I'm not done yet. I'm 42 years old. If I was done, put me in the, put me in the grave right now, man. 
Like that sucks. Like the people who sit there and say that, Hey, I climbed Mount Everest. What do they end up doing? Doing it again. Because like, there's that adrenaline high of actually achieving something and achieving a goal and then going back and saying, well, what's next? So what now, what go like move, man. Sorry, I'm getting pumped up, but it's just like, now I actually want to run through a brick wall. It's like, I don't know, man, put a goal out there. I'll freaking hit it. I love that. I love, I still love seeing the passion and you know, that, that whole thing, the whole attitude change as you're going through this. And you know, I, I think you're completely right. Um, to quote again, Grant Cardone, he talked in this book about, you know, this was several years ago before everybody just, just decided to print money. There was enough money in circulation at that point in time for everyone on earth to be a billionaire. I'm going to say, say that like this. That's nice. That's a really nice thing to say, right? Every, there's enough money for everyone to be a billionaire, but some people just don't want to be that, right? We got to be okay with that. The other thing is too, is that, oh man, how do I hit this one? I'm sick and tired of people saying like, all you need to do is um, subscribe to this and you'll get this. Man, I give this stuff for free. Why? Because it's out there for free, right? You talked about it earlier, Trent, where you sat there and said, like, hey, you know, they don't teach this here. 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 But then you get people sitting there saying, hey, I'll teach you, but it's going to cost you. And and that 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 bugs me. It always has. And maybe I'll maybe I'll eat, you know, I'll eat crow someday when I sit there and decide to charge people for, for the education I give them. But I look at it from this standpoint, it's free. It's nothing that you don't see in the Bible and your grandma taught you, right? Not to quote someone else who doesn't know their, you know it from their, you know what, but it's there. It's not that hard. It's not that hard to look at it from a standpoint of like, hey, if you want to quote unquote, use the term level up or 10X or all these other terms, sorry to quote phrases, you need to look at it from a standpoint of like, what do I want to achieve? And then go do it and, and, and get everyone else out of the way. If there are detractors, eliminate them. I've had great calls with people who like, I never thought I'd have, like I'd be able to even, you know, some people talk about like, you know, blowing up these people in DMS and then that's how you, that's how you get connections with people. Never works. You actually start to live a lifestyle that actually gets attracted or attraction from people. And guess what? They'll reach out to you. And then when you have these conversations, you're sitting there like, you know, Hey, how you do, how did you do this? How did you, how did you, achieve greatness and you know what the common denominator is is that as you grow sometimes what you have to do is eliminate the distractions and that's hard and sometimes the eliminating distractions actually people that you grew up with you're close to whatever the case may be because they just don't get it and i think that it's hard and it hurts at times to sit there and be like man i gotta separate this from me because otherwise it's just gonna continue to drag me down into the bucket but when you find those people, you've done this, man, hell, I've done it with you. You become so much closer to people who actually get it. You follow me? Like you get, you get this level with someone really quick when you know that like, if they were struggling, you're there immediately for them and, and they've been through the struggle. I think those people who persevered and like, you know, have, have put in the hours, have done the work that's, that's, that needed to accomplish goals. Um, it's infectious. You want to be with them totally. And that's how we conquer this BS that's going on. I think truly in the world is that instead of having your hand out, put your hand down and like actually, you know, do a push up. Like, you know, do like see what your body can do and then see what your mind can do and then strive forward to do another one. I mean, don't give up. So it's such an easy thing to do is, 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 is stop the narrative from, success. It's the hamster wheel, man. I'm glad that you're helping people get out of that hamster wheel and glad that you can provide those services for people. Like you said, you're, you're giving this information out for free uh, to your clients and helping people understand really what's behind this. It's not a, Hey, come to me. I'll take care of it. It's a, let's work through this together. And I believe they respect you more because of that. How many people do you know who go through life and they never really make a dent? Uh, a lot. 
<laughs> it's like, so what are the people that, um, what are the people that actually make, make, make life altering change really do? And I think, I think what they do is they actually don't listen to the noise. You know, we, we bring up the hamster wheel or bring up like, I think too, like you brought up, what's the false information out there? And there's a lot, regardless of what you're looking at, there's a lot of false information out there. But then there's also a lot of like, whether it be services or, you know, get rich quick schemes. <laughs> um, or even I, I try to stay away from the product conversation and I will, but it's like, what, what's been, what's stood the test of time? Like, that's what I educate my clients on. It's like this, you know, from the dawn of time, certain things have actually been symbols of wealth. And as we go forward, it seems like only a certain percentage of the population actually control those things. And my wife brought this up to me the other day. It's like, even when you think you own your house and own your land, you don't you pay taxes on it. So it's like, what's really ours, man? Like, and as we build legacies going forward, I think, I think there comes a time where you have to, to really open your eyes, like pull the curtain back and, and say, does this even make sense? Does, does, like, is this a faulty, um, you know, am I standing on really thin ice here with my financial decision, right? And I am very open with clients saying, hey, I've made stupid after stupid after stupid after stupid financial decision. I had to stop it for, I couldn't go more than that. So like, <laughs> if we go forward here, uh, the hardest thing you have to do sometimes is say, all right, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. And then, and then we had was the realization like, all right, in order for things to change, we have to, we have to work harder, make more money. And then you have to do it. Right. And I think the narrative is like, no, I'll just get bailed out. Right. We've heard that term before. Like we, and there's people in this world who need the bailout, my friend, they actually do right. When hard times are there, but if you can actually put your feet together and walk and walk, right. If you can actually take one step and I can actually move, um, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to everyone else in the world to actually like achieve greatness. And I think so many times people are told that they don't need to achieve greatness. Just take the hand out. And that's one thing that this, this, this culture, and not even just the United States, like worldwide culture needs is a quick smack in the face and say, wake up, you know, wake the truck up. You need to actually go to work. Like you need to do it fear mentality this fear mentality of like what would happen if i actually failed so what have you never failed before in your life i failed multiple times even in the six months that it took me to like you know quote unquote get the dream house i failed multiple times hell i'm in the industry where 99 percent of the people who actually join the industry fail out that's in year one man you know then you actually add up the other years that i've been in it it's like Okay, I knew I was going to go into something that's that was really hard, but guess what? I'm still here, knock on wood. So how do we continue to do this? Like you go, you went into flipping houses. Yeah, every one of their brother watches an HD TV show and thinks that they can go flip a house. You can't do it. You got to put in the time. You got to put in the effort. You got to put in the hustle. You got to sit there at the end of the day, say no to your wife and kids. That sucks. Are you willing to do it? And some people won't do it. They'll just sit there and say like, mm, no, this is easy. I'll take easy. Well. Don't don't bitch to me if you don't if, if your life doesn't change. You're the reason. You're the you're you're the reason why you are in the predicament you're in. You're the reason why you have the dad bod. Do not celebrate it. You are in the situation why you're not changing things going forward, and you're the reason why you're not happy. But guess what? Go take a pill. That'll cure it. It doesn't. You know what cures the the, the situation you're in? You. Yeah, you got to take that action. You you can't just sit on the sidelines and expect things to happen for you. So I, I completely agree with that and resonate with that. And it's it's a sad truth that a lot of people don't see that, but it's right there in front of you. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Well, I don't, I don't want to take too much of your time. This has honestly been a really amazing conversation. You've been a great guest, John. <laughs> Uh, we've gone already over our time, but I 
I really appreciate the opportunity to get to talk more in depth with you. So I want to ask you one last question, but uh, before I do that, I want to give you a chance to tell people where to best find you and connect with you. Best place to find me really is I'm not a real social media guy. Uh, I'm really not. So uh, I think I joke about this all the time. I think I have 160 followers on Instagram. So I definitely get all my clients through that. Um, but no, you can hit me up on, uh, on Instagram at John underscore wags 23. I know we, we, we dropped some things regarding limitless financial group that's in the works. Um, the lovely state of Massachusetts has held up some of that stuff. So, um, you know, we should probably just have like a coming soon attractions to that. Well, I'll, I'll make sure to include a link to your Instagram on the show notes so that people can connect (laughs) with you a little bit easier. But the last question I want to ask you personal or business, what is it that excites you about the future? Wow. (laughs) I think, I think to be honest with you, I think what excites me is that people are being, people are waking up. And I think that's, that's the strongest thing that could happen from the last year and a half, right? Year plus is that I'm very excited to know that regardless of what happens in the, in, 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 in the future, the, I think the veil has been pulled out. Right. It's been open, I should say. It's been open to people. And I think that's what I'm excited for. I'm excited for people to think for themselves, right? Whether whether it's it's this side, that side, up, down, left, right. Um, to use one of your phrase, like what's the what's the what's the cheat code, right? Um, I think the cheat code really comes down to whether or not you're actually gonna take the initiative. And I think there's a lot of people, there are more people who are who are trying to start either a side hustle or, you know, work like entrepreneurs, like there's more people going into that than ever before. And I think for me, that's really encouraging because I think people are actually going to start taking action. They're going to look at it from a standpoint, I can do better, I can do more. And I want to be, I want to be the reason um, why my family or I succeed. And I think that's super encouraging. That is very encouraging. And you know what, this, this year has, brought to light that lack of security in that nine to five, like we talked about. And so it's great to see people taking that initiative, taking that action and moving forward. So I want to thank you, John, for taking time out of your day and talking to me and my audience. I really do appreciate uh, hearing your words of wisdom and uh, sharing that mindset and everything with us. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. I know I've gotten a ton of value out of this, so I know my audience has gotten value out of this. So I encourage you all to get out there and hustle the day.